0: the intersection of technology and the rate at which technology is development and psychedelics and this bubbling up of consciousness that, that people are having on a really large scale. Like it's still a niche, but more and more people are opening their mind to rapid consciousness exploration. The combination of those two things actually potentially can give us the power and the initiative and the intelligence and the community to solve some of the greatest problems the world is facing.
1: Hey, right, everyone, welcome to Heal Self, as always. Thank you for taking the time out of your day. So much gratitude and love to you. Man, what a show, what a show, what a show, what a show. I'm gonna talk about something that is really, really important to my growth mentally and even physically, that is coming up in the collective consciousness. It's gonna be a show on talking about what is the utility of psilocybin on mental health. As we know, this show is all things physical, mental, emotional sexual and spiritual health, right? All of these energies create the holistic being that is you. So it's really important that we have discussions that may be about taboo subjects, but it's even more important that you open your mind to listening away from stigma about some really, really, really important information, okay? Because it can change your life, it could change the life of a loved one. And also, we have an amazing guest, Allie Shaper is coming onto the show. She's a close friend of mine, and she is a bottle rocket when it comes to the field of psychedelics, and she is a huge advocate for what they can do for mental health. Now, she's gonna share all of the knowledge about where the field is going, what legislation looks like, and in the next few years, what we can expect when it comes to psychedelics helping our mental health. And what we're seeing is the utility of these medicines is so, so powerful in the context of long-term permanent healing of mental health disorders. So it's going to be a really good one. As always, thank you for joining the show. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier and you want something truly effective that is safe, Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best and they're always at health events and people are loving them and their quality. plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products, GHKCU and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alitura Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you, Our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed If you wanna experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. I wanna talk a little bit about psilocybin. This is a constituent that you find in magic mushrooms, a constituent that's been demonized over time as dangerous. You go crazy when you take it and not coincidentally has been pushed under the rug for so many years now what we're witnessing is a renaissance and reemergence of this medicine because now we're seeing it in reputable studies helping people with mental health and it's pretty incredible what we're learning about this so even as recently in february john hopkins published its study demonstrating substantial antidepressant effects of psilocybin assisted therapy that were long lasting for at least 12 months as per Psychedelic Finance, a wonderful page on Instagram. What we see is what? 75% of the patients reported significant improvements in their well-being and depression, and 58% had remission and no longer suffered from major depressive disorder up to 12 months later. That's pretty incredible because we're not seeing conventional medicines even coming close to that powerful. Now, before I go into this, I wanna give a shout out to my research assistant, Michael Knox, soon-to-be doctor at Michigan State. Incredible at the work he does, an awesome researcher, and helps me a lot putting together the information for these shows. So shout-out to you, Michael. Before we go into this nitty-gritty, I want to tell you a little bit about the history, and it's going to be a short one, because I know when you hear history, oh, here we go, let's sit down, and it's going to be a boring history. I'm going to give you a short little history about psilocybin. 1959, the scientist Albert Hoffman isolated the active principal ingredient psilocybin from mushrooms from the mushroom psilocybe mexicana. And it was sold worldwide to physicians for their use in psychotherapy. Immediately they were using it. Although what we saw was an increasingly restrictive drug law over the 1960s that began to curb scientific research into the effects of psilocybin and other hallucinogens. So amongst this rising in the utility of psilocybin when it came to the medical industry, around 1960, restrictive drug laws started to curb scientific research and usage of psilocybin and other hallucinogens. By 1970, there was a Controlled Substance Act that effectively put an end to psychedelic research, and they've been classified as Schedule I status since then. In 1992, the FDA, along with the National Institute of Drug Abuse, cleared the resumption of psychedelic research in the clinical stage. In 2019, Denver became the first U.S. city to decriminalize psilocybin. And other cities have begun to follow suit, including Oakland, Washington, D.C., and Santa Cruz. So what is the mechanism of psilocybin in our brains and in our body? How does it work? Well, it works on serotonin receptors, several of them, and it activates them throughout our brain. The hallucinations are thought to be caused by one of the particular receptors called 5-HT2A, which are located in the thalamus and cortex and control sensory processing. So what do we know from the research? Is psilocybin safe? The answer is it's pretty safe. Actually, it's really safe. There's no indications of drug abuse, persisting perception disorder, a prolonged psychosis when using psilocybin. Actually, and I'll say this very boldly, psilocybin is much safer than the number one most abused and dangerous drug out there, alcohol. So it's pretty interesting how this is a class one, Schedule class one drug, whereas alcohol in itself, doing more damage personally and socially is not of that schedule. Something to think about. Now, many raise the concern for psychedelic experience to trigger or exacerbate underlying or pre-existing mental health disease. Now, there are anecdotal claims of this, but a study that examined over 100,000 individuals in the United States found no significant association between psychedelic use and increased mental health treatment, suicidal thoughts or attempts, which is a big stigma behind it. But again, even though that was a large study, that doesn't go to say that any drug or treatment, including this one, is a better fit for some than others. It should be used with caution and, of course, care. So we're starting to see that it's a lot safer than the government led us to believe back in the 70s. What conditions have been studied with psilocybin for mushrooms, depression, anxiety, OCD, alcohol use disorder, tobacco use disorder? So in the context of anxiety, there's a lot of research around patients with terminal diagnoses, like cancer, for example. One study compared clinically diagnosed patients with anxiety surrounding terminal illness using the participants as controls, two sessions, one with psilocybin and one with niacin, which gives a warming flush to mimic psilocybin without the psychedelic nature. What did they see? Anxiety significantly decreased as measured by the state Trait anxiety inventory at one to three months post-treatment in psilocybin group compared to the niacin group. Mood improved for two weeks after treatment and reached a statistically significant level on the Beck Depression Inventory Scale at the six-month point with the same comparison. And that's at a relatively small dose of psilocybin of 200 micrograms per kilogram. How does psilocybin help suicide? Well, it was a study with almost 200,000 participants that looked at the correlation between psilocybin and the use of suicidal thinking and attempts. The study found that individuals in the psilocybin group had significantly lower odds ratios of having suicidal thoughts or attempts at the time of the study. What else? OCD, many people suffer with OCD and it can become debilitating in their lives. One study treated nine patients all diagnosed with OCD and prior failed treatments to SSRIs, for example. The nine patients each received up to four different doses, 25 micrograms per kilogram, 100 micrograms per kilogram, 200 micrograms per kilogram, and 300 micrograms per kilogram. At least one week apart, and 88.9% of the patients showed a greater than or equal to 25% decrease in symptoms per the Yale-Brown obsessive-compulsive scale at the 24-hour mark. And 66.7% maintain a greater than or equal to 50% decrease in these scores at 24 hours post one of their testing doses. In other words, a large majority of subjects in this study showed a major and significant decrease in their obsessive compulsive disorder within 24 hours, and more than half maintained that improvement for 24 hours or more. So what we see was that psilocybin was a really, really powerful agent in helping people with OCD. What about overall well-being? From a study in 2008, we looked at healthy volunteers, and the participants had two sessions, only one of which they were given psilocybin. The other one they were given, Ritalin. At both two-month post-drug sessions and 14-month follow-up, the patients had significantly increased ratings of positive attitude, improvements in their mood, social effects, and behavior with psilocybin sessions compared to the ones with Ritalin. In this group, many people were saying that these were the most meaningful experiences in their lives. Now, it's important to emphasize here the clinical use of psychedelics and what that means. These studies are conducted under very controlled environments, set, setting, and dosage, which is what I am an advocate for as a clinician. These medications work, and they help people who need it the most. But it's very important that they're done responsibly in a proper setting, with a proper dosage. This is the way we can ensure that people are safe in their experiences. All right, what about alcohol dependency, the worst drug out there, and smoking cessation? Both are in their early phases of study, but it's looking promising. One research team concluded in a pilot study of psilocybin in the treatment of tobacco addiction 15 participants were enrolled in a 15-week course of smoking cessation treatment that included psilocybin administration at weeks five, seven, and 13. Participants had to smoke at least 10 cigarettes per day and have a history of unsuccessful quit attempts. Additionally, patients were excluded if they were taking any medications, including nicotine replacement therapy. Patients underwent a four-week period of cognitive behavioral therapy while still using cigarettes. What are the results? 80% of the participants remain abstinent at six-month follow-up, which is the point at which the odds of the patient remaining abstinent significantly increase. It's pretty incredible that psilocybin was able to help these patients hit that point in their cessation journey at six months, which automatically begins to increase significantly their odds of staying off of alcohol or smoking dependence. As a clinician, it's very important for me to advocate behind what's helping people, right? For me, the question is always, is it safe and is it effective? And if it is safe and it is effective, then to me the question is, why isn't it more widely available? Because we see psilocybin in many ways working more powerfully than many of the go-to conventional medicines. Now, there's a lot of research to be done. There's a lot of time to be had. There's a lot that needs to unfold in this field. But the two questions, my biggest concerns as a clinician have been answered. It is safe and it is effective. So what that means is that it puts us in a place to start removing that stigma that has been building up over time and start opening ourselves to seeing these not as drugs, but as medicines. Because in the context of studies that we're seeing, they are medicines and powerful ones at that. There you go. I had to talk about psilocybin in my own way. We had a lot of people talk about it, but I really hope this opened up your mind and started breaking down that stigma that is as old and antiquated as the class scheduling which was given in the 1970s. Let's get my friend Allie on. She is a ray of light. She's so passionate about her work, you're gonna feel it. And when I'm talking about special guests, it's an honor every single time I have a close friend on. I've had a few close friends, and you, you know them by now, but I never had my friend Ali Shaper, the CEO and co-founder of Into the Multiverse, which is an ecosystem for all things mushrooms. And I can't wait to have this conversation with her. She is an angel of a human, but an expert of a communicator. So I can't, I can't, I've I'm like, am I'm, I'm waiting to, way too long to have you on here, and now you're finally here, and it feels so at home and so comfortable Welcome to the show, Ms. Hallie Shaper. Mm, what an introduction. I like to give the energy.
0: Oh, it's that's such an introduction. It's such an honor to be here. And I love your new podcast set. You dig it? I, will, I also have a moss wall that's infused with mushrooms um, in the theme of what I care a lot about. And I feel like I'm right at home. I feel like I'm on my couch right now.
1: So to give people a little gem of an understanding, this moss wall was uh, actually influenced by yours. So Mm -hmm. when I did your podcast, the Until the Multiverse podcast, uh, we really had an incredible conversation and we dropped some amazing gems and bombs. But after, I took shots of everything. I took a shot of the moss wall and the couch. And I'm like, we need this in our studio. We need cozy, comfy, because I felt so um, at home just sitting on the couch and talking Mm -hmm. to my friend. So that's what I wanted here. And lo and behold, you know, maybe three, four months later, ta-da.
0: Well, you know, I, and this is actually maybe a good place to start off because so much of our thoughts are influenced by our, our environment, right? Like it's mm-hmm. the reason why when you go out into nature, you feel different. Seventy percent of the thoughts that you have are dictated by your environment. So, what you're wearing, what you're like, what we're what we're sitting on right now, um, the the drinks that we're consuming, mm-hmm. like that's why experience design is so powerful you can literally make time extend by how you change the environment around you.
1: So, and, and, and this is what I noticed, actually, when we first becoming friends. I was always in awe about how you uh, curated environments so well. And I never understood. But what I found was that every time we went to a dinner party by you or an event hosted by you, um, everyone was so at ease already. And... I didn't notice that the magic was already in the intentionality of the environment. Would you say that that's something that you hold really high as a priority when you have a gathering?
0: I've had so many amazing influences in that space. Um, I have a friend that is is an expert, experienced designer. And that's actually where I met Brian, my mm-hmm. co-founder, at one of her retreats and she just is, is an expert at creating beautiful experiences, intentional curated experiences that facilitate incredible conversations. You know, like many of the conversations you have on your podcast are just so real and and honest and raw, but to be able to get to those type of conversations in normal social settings is actually difficult for a lot of people because we go in with surface level stuff. And um, I, yeah, so I, to answer your question, I had a lot of really amazing influences and I think that you know the reason why community and um, gatherings are such an important part of everything that we're doing with whether it's Supermash or Multiverse or, or Into the Multiverse, which mm-hmm. I can explain what those things are. Is you know we're really thinking about community. Someone said this yesterday, actually, an event I was at. Thinking about community like a product, like just as you know in business, how you would think about it, um, like you were actually designing something that has packaging and what's your go-to-market strategy around it. Like really putting as much intentionality into community and experience as you would into any other aspect of your business because it tends to be an afterthought for a lot of people and the magic like think about the most magical experiences you've had in whether it's at a dinner party or a party it tends to be like you know when the lighting is right and the music is right and the person you're sitting next to and the conversation and the food and all of those little details all Um, factor into a really beautiful moment and those beautiful moments like make up our the magic of our life. So I think I cannot um, overstate the importance of that.
1: Mm -hmm. Setting that vibe right so it allows you, your person, your nervous system to really be at peace so you can authentically show up. A lot of us, I mean, shoot, you don't know how many medical events I've been to. It's like fluorescent and really sterile and I'm not wearing what I want to wear and it's not even like sitting the way I want to sit and it's just like, Oh, and it's, it's forcing out these conversations that are not authentic. Mm. So I love that you talked about the environment and the importance of how it ties into having a really good experience. You did mention community. And community is something that we both share. Uh, we, we share the same community out here in Los Angeles. We're close friends. Um, but how important have you found community to be in terms of mental health, in terms of feeling that you have confidence? Uh, feeling that you have something to do with people who you love, how much have you found that that helps you as a person?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's a great question. It's the ultimate question and I spend a lot of time thinking about my relationships with other people and when I, I, have a, I have a really close friend that that said this to me a few months ago and it really stuck with me given the contrast of how much we talk about community. He, he was like, you know at the end of the day we're all essentially alone, which sounds really morbid. Um, and so in parallel with the fact that the most important relationship we ever have is the one with ourselves, I do think that there's nothing, um, in life that the right conversation with the right person cannot solve. And the overcomplication of everything that we're doing here, like when you're born, we just complicate everything, but the simplification and whenever I'm feeling really aligned is when I am able to remind myself of the perspective that we're just really collecting humans to have around ourselves that are, our de- you know, uh, around our deathbed when we mm-hmm. die. And, for me to be able to nurture and collect people, which is kind of what we're all doing, right? Like that's what friendship is. You just like meet someone and you're like, let's spend more time together. And then you just continue to develop and deepen those relationships. But it feeds your soul and it, it, it changes everything. And to be able to feel loved and supported and seen, like that's what everyone's really going after in life. Like everything we're doing is arguably too deep in those relationships with people. We tend to get distracted along the way with material things. But, Mm. um, and that's what psychedelics teach us, right? Like we've talked about this before. Psychedelics show us when you have a really profound experience or whether it's in a ceremonial setting or a recreational setting that we really just want to be in nature with people often naked, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then instead what we're doing in our Western modern world is putting ourselves indoors in these massive houses alone. And you feel it, right? You feel when you're disconnected from people. You see what happened over the last two years when, when we're all disconnected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be able to have community that really feels like this ritual and feels like a normal part of your life where it's not... Um, it's not unique to gather, right? Where like a lot of people, they're like, oh, I'm gonna save up my social energy for once every two weeks when I get together with my people. But to have that like ritual of weekly, you know, tribal feeling is, it just, it changes everything Mm -hmm. about your nervous system and Mm -hmm. your life.
1: Yeah, and so many people, I mean, speaking to the big house and being alone, so many people who have generated so much material wealth and abundance oftentimes, as I've met many times, feel very uh, empty and deep and alone. Um, I found that, I was listening to a football player the other day, because um, I watch football.
0: You're a football guy, yeah.
1: I'm a big football guy, to your surprise, over the playoffs. <laughs> uh, but what, what I was listening and he was like, you know, um, I, I did so many things in my life and uh, I thought it w- the thing that was missing was winning the championship. And when he won the championship, he got into the deepest despair of all. And he's like, I can't believe that I wasn't giving back to people. He's like, I spent, I would throw money at the strip club, right? Spent all this money where I could have fed my whole community. And then it hit me and I was like, this is a common story, not that exact one, but that people are so uh, rich, but not enriched in their soul. And they're missing so much of what it is to be human. And as you were touching on and really got into is the relationships, the connection, the community, right, the belonging is, is the very thing, and collecting those people, like you said, on your deathbed to look up and go, man, I had a, I had a good ride with that person. We, were, we, we have some great memories, man, remember that time? And then you just go, like, that is, that's living, that's life, and we do it so well. Um, but I would be remiss if, you know, 10 minutes into this, I, I didn't go into psychedelics, because you are, when it comes to the legislation behind it, when it comes to your passion, about changing the world, you, I've, you've been quoted as saying that uh, there's. Oh God, I'm going to mess this one up, but you can correct me. There's not anything that psychedelics in this world can't solve.
0: It's close. Mushrooms overall, I think. Mushrooms, mushrooms overall. overall, but um, yeah. Sorry, finish close. your question. I close. To, right? Yeah. Um,
1: so I, I would love to know where where are we going with psychedelics, and and uh, what is the stigma? How are we looking with it? Um, I could speak for the medical stuff, but like I know that you are. You have your head in the sand every day with looking at the state of it where what what it's doing for people uh, health research like you're kind of my go-to and uh and i would love to know what's going on what's the outlook look like where are we going how's how's like how's the landscape look should we be getting ready for something let us know we gotta know tell the gurus here so i gotta take advantage
0: yeah so it's my favorite thing to talk about and I think to kind of give the context to to the answer to this, you know, a lot of what we we talk about with everything we're doing is we, you know, me, my team, my co-founder like really feel like there's not a single problem that the world is facing that mushrooms don't have the ability to solve and and psychedelics are included in that, in that, you know, holistic ecosystem. And what we mean by that is if you look at the landscape of what is happening with fungi, Mushrooms, psilocybin, functional mushrooms, mycelium. There's so much going on in the world right now. Like mycelium, which is the underground root structure of mushrooms, is being used as alternatives to leather and um, packing materials. Mushrooms can reverse environmental damage out of the air. Psilocybin, which is a psychoactive part of magic mushrooms, which we're both very familiar with, can be monumental for mental health. And it's being used in clinical trials all across the country. And then we have functional mushrooms popping up in beverages and, and supplements all over all over the world. And a lot of this, too, what's funny about it is it's, you know, functional mushrooms and psychedelics have been used for thousands of years. Our Western world is having this wake-up moment to them right now. And so, you know, what's happening in legislation is actually quite funny to a lot of these indigenous tribes that have been using these um, you know, these medicines for thousands and thousands of years. That's why it's called decriminalize nature, a lot of these acts. Like, we are decriminalizing nature, plants and fungi. Um, so anyway, that was just kind of like an overall pulse on like what's happening in the mushroom space and more specifically in in psychedelics. It is the most unique time in history for psychedelics. And obviously, you know, there was this, this war on drugs that happened in the 60s. A lot of people have a misconception that psychedelics... Kind of originated in the '60s, which is really funny, and I actually think before we talk about the legislation, it's important to look at the history of, you know, where 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 did these come from, and when's the first time these were written about in, in antiquity? There's a book called *The Immortality Key*, which I know I've talked to you about before, and it's all about Western religion, all Western religion actually starting with psychedelic medicine, a psychedelic ritual, and so if you look in all of these chalices and cups in ancient greece and and rome they actually you can find remains of ergo infused barley in the bottom of these cups aka psychedelic beer that was a part of these original um sacraments in all western religions. so that's important context for people that are looking at the legislation right now because you know this has been vital for so much of our development and then what happened was we we Made psychedelics illegal um, for various reasons, which most people know about if they're listening to your podcast. But what's happening right now in this space is we're having this third wave resurgence of the psychedelic renaissance. And psilocybin specifically is being decriminalized locally all across the country and legalized in certain jurisdictions. But this is, and the, the legalization is happening on a state level, which is really cool. But what's really misunderstood in this space is that when, you know, for example, Oregon, the best example, 1.2 million people in 2020 voted to legalize psilocybin for medicinal use in Oregon. And that's amazing because it shows the traction for the space. However, um, it's only for these larger consciousness-altering macro doses, so to speak, at a service center. So to actually be able to Experience this. You will have to go in in Oregon to start, and other states will will, you know, inevitably follow. Go in and have a guided, facilitated experience with psilocybin, and that's incredible. But a lot of people, you know, if, that are familiar with the consumer market of psilocybin in the black market, are like, oh, well, when these chocolate bars are going to be legalized with these microdoses? And um, there's actually no current pathway for a dispensary type model, for a recreational or, you know, what we like to call, you know, wellness supplemental use of psilocybin. And so part of what I've become increasingly passionate about is I thought that a lot of people were working on this to help also legalize microdosing, um, which has made a monumental impact on on my personal health. Hundreds of people that I know and we know in our community, um, without a doubt, it has been astronomical for not only clinical issues but also non-clinical issues like flow creativity focus athletic performance so overall enhancement um, of human optimization really long-winded answer of saying things are happening and there's all these other organizations that are popping up to help support microdosing legalization Mm -hmm. we started a non-profit around this exact topic to try to gather people but it's really exciting and, and I think, you know, where the future is going of psychedelic legalization is ideally, as it continues, we will have decriminalized psilocybin and other psychedelics all across the country and legalized for macrodoses and then also some sort of model for microdosing psilocybin.
1: Mm-hmm. Which has been very helpful, particularly for me. Uh, but when it comes to microdosing, what is it? What's the difference between the macrodose uh, for those of us who are in the dark for this?
0: Yeah, so you know, there's there's uh, different descriptions of it, but the best one that I've heard is, and there's an incredible company called Third Wave. M- my friend Paul Austin, who started this this nonprofit um, with us, has a company called the Third Wave, and it is like the best microdosing research site out there. Microdosing is a sub perceptual amount of psilocybin or another psychedelic, and the intention behind microdosing is you're not supposed to feel it. So. Whereas, you know, if you take a hero dose of mushrooms, you are definitely, you should not drive. You are, mm-hmm. you are, um, you are definitely in a hallucinogenic altered state. Microdosing, it's more about what you don't feel rather than what you do. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible for people take it to, I take it to work. You know, I, I people have reported incredible athletic performance enhancements. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The difference between you know microdosing and macrodosing is really just in that the the dosing of it, mm. and you know if you if you feel it and you start to experience hallucinogenic effects, you've you've taken too much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you've gone you've gone over, yeah. uh, and you've taken too much, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't be able to feel the microdose. Yeah, let, let me tell you, I spoke to a uh, football player, and he said you'd be surprised by how many uh, players in the NFL microdose before football games, and he goes actually. He said, the large majority of NFLers microdose. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? An experience approved is not only delicious, For 30 percent off of your first purchase that is p-u-r-i-t-y c-o-f-f-e-e dot com and use the code drg for 30 percent off of your order you know living a long life is great it is we all want to live longer but what's even better is living those years in good health right free of the chronic diseases and the ailments unfortunately for many the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide and we spent our last years ill not enjoying our life to the fullest and that's why i'm always into research That's
0: incredible. Isn't that crazy? And and what they're doing, so, you know, a lot of athletes, and I have a friend that's an incredible athlete in a a similar realm. If you combine psilocybin, um, psychoactive part of magic mushrooms, with, like, a cordyceps and a lion's mane, you know, functional mushrooms are equally as powerful. Yeah. And when you combine those two, what it does, you know, lion's mane in and of itself creates neurogenesis in the brain. Mm -hmm. And then combine it with psilocybin, which creates this slight neuroplasticity in the brain. You're, at, you're forming new neural pathways in your brain that have never been used before, and so it's like this slight neuroplasticity that's actually enabling you to think differently and behave differently while you're in your life,
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: the which is the vital difference I think between you know these these macro doses which are so powerful, but you know you are in the cosmos sometimes, so mm-hmm. to speak. Like you're not able. No one can play a football game, you know, unless I mean if someone has, <laughs> like, congratulations, that seems like a feat. Yeah. But. Yeah, and I think what's also important about what you're noting here is with the amount of people that are um, utilizing these tools, which they're tools, right? Like they're just like sauna, cold plunge, nutrition, fitness. Like It is a tool that can help you over, o- enhance your overall well-being. Mm-hmm. And people are coming out of the closet, so to speak, the psychedelic closet, to share about and normalize their experience, which is so important because that's mm-hmm. how you actually shift culture.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing that sticks with me is decriminalizing nature. I was like, when did nature ever become a criminal? When did I was nature like, become a criminal?
0: Yeah. It's, it's
1: just wild. And, and for the reasons why it became criminalized in, in early on um, in the 60s, right? And it's just, for me, it's like, if there's so much therapeutic value and we know that the safety, it's, I'll, I'll go out and say this right now. Mushrooms, when I talk about psychedelic mushrooms, are exponentially more safe than alcohol. And guess what? We drink alcohol all the time. We consume alcohol all the time. But the social effects, the personal effects of alcohol, and also what it does to the body as far as it, every single time you drink alcohol, it's cumulative. Meaning that for each drink you have over a lifetime, it increases your risks of cancer and Mm -hmm. chronic diseases. Uh, To think that that is normalized, but something like nature is criminalized, is beyond me. Particularly because the safety profile, at least from a medical standpoint, is massive. So much safer than even a lot of prescription drugs that are dis- like dispensed like candy right now. So um, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty vocal on that and I, I can't wait till it, we can get in the hands of the people who need it the most, right? Especially when it comes to mental health, um, which has been my passion in it, right? Seeing how it can help people with anxiety or depression or really just forgiveness, bringing gratitude, you know? We've had some experiences together and we're like, Well, okay, now I see the world in another way. I feel Mm. more love, you know, and that, like, getting back to your true nature is my biggest passion in everything that I do, nature and people and their nature. So, and to have a tool like that, to have a powerful tool like that is incredible. So, I, if I went back and I didn't go to school, I would be in your exact same space of what you're doing. Mm. So, when I say what you're doing, I mentioned the ecological system of into the multiverse, the, the multiverse. What is the multiverse? And what does this system look like that you're in?
0: So, um, and and also, you know, before we pivot off of that, I just want to say, like, it all overlaps. Everything you're doing, you know, talking about mental health and um, and wellness. And actually, you know, something that I, I, I like, just feel really, I, I feel like saying this is, you know, the people that got me into the space were the people like, you know, the Tim Ferrisses and Michael Pollan's of the world that built audiences in business and wellness. And then they started talking about, and funding the psychedelic space, but they built their audiences in these totally separate worlds and built a reputation and validity from these people. And in a very similar way, like people originally started following your content for um, totally different reasons, right? But then you've educated and this audience has grown with you as, as you've grown yeah. as a person. And now when you are coming out and sharing your experiences and your passion for psychedelics like that is going to change so many people's perspective because they resonate with your avatar and you they've built trust in you. Mm-hmm. So it's so important. So I just wanted to say that before we mm. um, we pivot off and as far as like what we're actually doing there's a few different things. So our it's the umbrella company is called Into the Multiverse and you know we like to describe it as an ecosystem for all things mushrooms. So the first thing that we created was the Multiverse which is a marketplace for functional mushroom products, so like a Thrive Market or an Air One, my favorite store, a curated Air One just for mushrooms, mm-hmm. where we have uh, products like protein powder supplements, tincture, everything from tinctures to protein bars to mm-hmm. jerkies um, to capsules that have functional mushrooms, so like the chagas, the lion's mane, the turkey tails of the world, as a primary or secondary ingredient, all fruiting body mushrooms, which is something I know you talked to Danielle about
1: yeah, previously. Yeah, very important. You guys make sure that you audit everything that comes on. You make sure nothing gets on that site that isn't, like, top quality.
0: Yes. Yeah, so we look at all of the products. We look at the brand and and look at the transparency behind the company. And so when people are shopping, like, there's so much you could say about this. But the, the cliff notes are if you're looking for supplements specifically, fruiting body extracts, you know, high extract ratios ideally, like, you know, a 10 to 1, 20 to 1, uh, fruiting body extracts. If it lists the beta glucans on the on the on the supplement la- label, even better. You don't want to be looking for anything that has mycelium, myceliated biomass, which is often grown on the the mycelia. You know the mycelium, which is they're not often removed correctly, so you're sometimes can get filler in your product. Mm-hmm. There's, it's that's a whole rabbit hole to go down. But we vet all the products on the Multiverse, and in parallel with creating this marketplace, which we have, you know, I think we have around. 350 products like unique products right now and around 60 brands so it's it's growing we also launched our own brand called super mush which you ring super mush a uh, piece of merch right listen, now Listen for
1: everyone watching on on youtube this is the swaggiest sweatshirt i ever worn on heel that self <laughs> it's got it's got a psilocybin guy with his legs blue mushroom guy running and then it's got it's got this tie-dyed and but it's like this is like a retro disco vibe retro hippie disco vibe man. listen I'm gonna show everyone on YouTube right now. Look at this. This is the swag right here. So go on. Yeah, you have your Super Mush. What is it? So we, we created Super
0: Mush, and it's inspired by the '60s and '70s, right? Like even though it's a fully legal functional mushroom brand, it's inspired by the culture and the music and the era of the '60s and '70s, which you know the, where where psychedelics really made their splash for the first time in modern you know in our in our culture, mm-hmm. and we wanted to create something that made mushrooms sexy so to speak like that's how we describe the brand but also create products that helped people consume mushrooms Mm -hmm. without having them taste like shit and it kind of bridged the gap between people who are mushroom curious but and they they want to start incorporating mushrooms into their daily life but it's it doesn't feel approachable to them Mm -hmm. so our first product line is mushroom mouth sprays And the reason why we created this is a few different reasons. One is mouth sprays are actually the most effective way to get supplements into your system. Because when you spray something, it goes directly into your cheek mucosal layer and your lungs through this process called buccal absorption. So it's like a tincture 2.0. So you feel it almost immediately. So we have Mm -hmm. three mouth sprays that we launched, Energy, Immunity, and Chill. And each one has different mushrooms and complementary superfoods and herbs in them. And they're amazing. They taste so good. And they help you incorporate mushrooms into your daily life, which... You know, just to circle back on that, the reason why we say daily, and and you know this as well, I know you consume mushrooms almost daily, if not daily, humans evolved eating mushrooms. You know, and so so much of everything we're talking about here is like the history of mushrooms. So It's actually like, how can we go backwards, right, to go forwards? Mm -hmm. And during some of the most vital periods of human development, for thousands and thousands of years of human evolution, humans were consuming mushrooms, both functional mushrooms and then depending on what theories you believe in, Um, the stoned ape theory, also psilocybin mushrooms, which Mm. can explain this massive growth in in human brain development over a short period of time that's unexplainable any other way. Like fossilized humans are found with reishi mushrooms, with um, all sorts of functional mushrooms. And in order to help people in in our modern world consume them daily, we created these mouth sprays. We'll continue to create other products. We have a few others in the works right now um, to help them incorporate them into their life while they taste really good and they're high doses of these functional mushrooms mm-hmm. as well so you really feel them we also created a whole merch line with super mush so like we you know we really focused on creating a lifestyle brand community is a huge part of everything that we're doing events and then the third you know and we have like we have four pieces but the third main piece is this media arm of the brand where we do dinner series around the future of psychedelic wellness bringing together thought leaders in the space to figure out how to move it forward which we're really passionate about same conversations of as the ones we're having now of like what can we do to help bring psychedelics to market responsibly mm-hmm. um, and make them more accessible. Mm-hmm. So we also have a podcast into the multiverse which there. you've been which you've been on. Great
1: one, great one. I great was so combo. I was so fun. It was like being able to talk um, candidly about what uh, mushrooms mean to me in the world was really you know it was that was an excellent podcast and I had so much fun on it. But I mean, I think that. Uh, what you're doing and the different arms are really covering so many bases of not only making functional mushrooms cool, right, And, and applicable and something that we can really Get our hands on that. It's easy to introduce us to it, but also the media arm teaching us the videos that you guys do is are like so like well done and artsy and hip and it's like it's like draws me in, right? I always think, how would I react if I didn't know you? And I'm like, oh, I would think this is the coolest brand,
0: right?
1: You throw us a like. Yeah, I throw throw you guys a like. So, um, but but it's 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 done in a responsible way to bring in uh, really the power of what functional mushrooms, and then hopefully at some point psychedelic mushrooms can do for all of us and. You know, you guys are poised to do some incredible things with that.
0: Thank you. I mean, it's it's so much fun. And the reason why it's so, like every day when I wake up and I, I think about this a lot, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to talk about mushrooms all day today. And every day I'm reminded of their power because I really, I wrote this, I wrote this whole thing, which I think I've shared with you around how humans... If humans behaved more like mushrooms, we would have a better world. Mm-hmm. And there's so many life lessons that we can learn from fungi and the way that they operate underground. Like ninety ninety-five percent of um, the entire organism, like mycelium, fruiting body, is all underground. So, like this is all happening beneath us mm-hmm. constantly. Like I think humans think that they own the world. And I was reading something the other day, and they're like, "Who's really in charge here? Like, mm-hmm. is it the mushrooms or is it the humans?" And um, they've been such teachers. For me, both functional mushrooms have been massive for my health and my body. But psychedelics and psilocybin specifically has been such a teacher for me. Like I feel like a different person mm-hmm. after working with them and experiencing them. And so I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to do everything we're doing. And, and specifically the public policy arm, which we started the, the kind of fourth piece of this little ecosystem, is we started this nonprofit called the Microdosing Collective. And the idea with the microdosing collective is to help educate the public on the reasons why we need to legalize microdosing psilocybin to start and, and other psychedelics. And it all fuels each other, right? Like The more we, we talk about and educate and associate functional mushrooms with psychedelics, the more that people will come to understand that like, they're not so scary and yeah. help relearn. And it's going to be a really wild next few years it's it's moving very very quickly
1: yeah
0: and you know the last thing that i'll say on this point is there's so much happening in the world right like even if you look at what's happening in russia and ukraine it's it's there's so much like collective trauma that is bubbling to the surface right now and the reason why which it is kind of an unpopular opinion the reason why i'm I, am, I'm, I like to say like I'm wildly optimistic about the state of the world. It's not because of the state of the world, because there's so much happening that's, that's really terrible across the world. And like we live in 1% of 1% world where I feel very lucky and I haven't had to experience a lot of these things. But the intersection of technology and the rate at which technology is development and psychedelics and this bubbling up of consciousness that, that people are having on a, a really large scale like, it's still, it's still niche, but more and more people are opening their mind to rapid consciousness exploration. The combination of those two things actually potentially can give us the power and the initiative and the intelligence and the community to solve some of the greatest problems the world is facing. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see where it all goes. Yeah.
1: I mean, we have great minds already, like changing technology and bettering lives, uh, Sometimes, mostly for the better. Sometimes for the worse. You know, I I, I have a weird relationship with technology as right. it is, but the power of consciousness. And I think uh, I remember it's, uh, our our friend Asria, who was on this show, was talking about how, you know, it <laughs> we don't have years to do like this exploration of ourselves and you know like of the collective. We're, we're at it like kind of like a boiling point right now, where people are sort of feel intuitively that something's got to be done. With ourselves, our communities, and the world, because the the parallel of what's going on is is just simply a lot of just what's going on within us, right? We are a collective, and now we're seeing collective consciousness change, uh, egoically driven. A lot of pain, a lot of trauma, as you were saying. So, for us, it's up to us. And one thing I remember reading this book, Conversations with God, which is my favorite book ever, and mm. and it said when. <laughs> When you see something and, uh, something that you don't agree with or something that is hurtful for you or something that you judge, uh, also take responsibility for it, right? So, mm. so when I see a tragedy or someone declare war on another country, I, I always see it as we, right? Because there is no way that change can be made if you, are, if you see yourself as separate from that occurrence. Even if you have absolutely nothing to do on the surface with that occurrence, saying it as we, brings forth that energy of the collective, which brings back to the mycelium network and how what mushrooms can teach us. It is a massive collection of mushroom roots in many ways that just communicate with each other, right? So what we see on the surface is a mushroom on one side of the forest and another one on the other side of the forest, right? And if if this one looks at the other one and goes, hey, look at me, I'm blooming, I'm looking beautiful, I'm, all, I'm robust and meaty, and someone's going to eat me one day. Mm. And then this other mushroom is like, oh, no, I'm not getting enough uh, sun, I'm getting too much sun, not enough dampness. You know, But, but the fact of the matter is, is that it's connected by this beautiful root system. Mm. If we can learn anything from mushrooms is how to be more collected, collected and conscious and, and more connected to each other and understanding that we are not separate because maybe we don't have roots below us, they're not going into the ground, but maybe there's an invisible... Net that is connecting us in the same way. That's what the what, that's what the reverence I always give mushrooms and is like this network is like our biggest teacher.
0: It's it's such a teacher. I love that. And I mean, if you've seen if you if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it. It's called Fantastic Fungi. Beautiful visuals that really give you the essence of mushrooms and and, can, and show you how we're all connected, right? And you know, Danielle, I, I I saw a clip, so I know she talked about this already on the podcast. But fifty percent of our DNA is shared with mushrooms, so mm-hmm. we're so closely related to mushrooms. And this idea of the mycelium network is what everyone comes out of these large macrodose psilocybin therapy um, sessions with, right? How many times have people said, mm-hmm. we are all connected. I feel so connected to nature, to everyone around me. And what's happened in our world is we have this intense focus on individual individualism. And psychedelics, you know, or, or functional mushrooms and understanding them can help bring us back to this idea of of unity and that deep sense of collective responsibility. And and I actually had a recent experience that was so beautiful, but what what I what I took away from it, my main takeaway was, you know, it's not just like you live and you die and like make the best of your life and have the most impact. It's like a deep, it was like a more of a sense of responsibility because I felt so connected. I was like, oh shoot, like this is not, it's 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 like all the psychology examples of like whose responsibility is it? Mm-hmm. And I think psychedelics help shift more people into that role of responsibility, A, to like cure our own trauma and, you know, B, to do that so that we can be in service to the world and help solve a lot of these problems. And I love Azria's example. is amazing. And I love what her and, and Benjamin are creating. And they give this example of psychedelics and spirituality to the answer of, is it a shortcut? Is it a, or sorry, is our psychedelics a shortcut to spirituality? And the example she gives, I love it. It's around this idea of like, if you're in a burning, burning forest, so I'm going to steal her answer. If you're in a burning forest, are you taking the long way out or are you taking the shortcut? And, you know, the parallel is our world is quite literally on fire. What's happening with the environment, what's happening with war and psychedelics and other, you know, consciousness altering um, compounds can help us expedite this healing that we need to do so that we can actually solve a lot of these problems. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just fascinating. And once you have an experience, and they're not for everyone, right? Like this is not I know so many people that they should not do psychedelics, right? right. Or they don't need to, because you know, meditation actually puts you in the same neuroplastic state. If mm-hmm. you look at the brain scans, they're very they're very similar. Um, but it's one of the things that can help expedite and give you this feeling of connectedness, which cannot be overstated how, how valuable it is.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's one thing to know conceptually, right? Because for me, it was like I read so many books on consciousness since my freshman year of college, right? I was just, I was like, whoa, I was so fascinated with this. And it was like, I'm going to learn about quantum physics now. And I was like learning mm. everything I can. And I was hearing speakers talk on stage. And uh, I was just in awe of it. And, you know, for 10, 11, maybe 14 years of my life, I knew everything conceptually. You put me on a stage, I can preach all about spirituality and consciousness. I can talk about all of the points that I had no blind spots. But to experientially do that, and I meditate and I meditate a lot, uh, and it was super beneficial for my, my mental health. But the first time that I took psilocybin, it's, it was just, it's just, it's like you telling me, I live in a bubble and I don't see the sky and you're telling me all about the sky and the color and the, and the hues and how the light hits on, on a foggy day but how the light hits on a sunny day, right? And you're just so poetic with your words and I have all of my assumptions of what the sky looks like and then you let me out of this cave and then I finally see it, you can't even ever come close. So whatever conceptual, logical knowledge I had about consciousness just collapsed into nothingness and the experiential took over and experiencing that which I already knew to be true mm-hmm. in my own body, it was that was the revelation of a lifetime. Because for me to say we're all one, but to feel we are all one; for me to say you are love, but to feel that you are love; for me to say fear exists, but it's an illusion, and to fear to fear feel to feel fear be an illusion—it's it's mind blowing. So uh, that shortcut or not, I, I don't care what it is experientially i able i was able to come out as a a better human being Mm. someone who can show up in the world with family with friends with work from a more heart-centric place and that's what it does now let's chat about something crucial that is omega-3s you know i'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate but when it comes to supplements right? We have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega threes. And and I really mean it. Omega threes are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega threes for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to It's a quality brand, not only just with Omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or in your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick. Yeah, okay. But for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system. The EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently. And the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up. So easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com slash DRG. You're going to get 15 percent off plus all those freebies. Every time you experience something like this, you can't forget how it feels to remember, right? And when you remember Everything you know, and you can remember now because I have the experiential. I could walk on the street in the busiest street in downtown LA with all the horns and people yelling, and 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 like you know, people trying to bring me into the restaurant. Come on, come to this one, come to this one. and You know, throwing <laughs> menus at me, and I could just stop and go. Oh yeah, I remember we're all one. It's fine. I remember that feeling in my body. Hmm. That's that. I think that's the power of psychedelics.
0: That's that's beautiful. And there's there's a quote, it's not mine, um, but that cliche becomes wisdom through experience and that's what you're describing like all of these cognitive things that we know to be true right or we there's just there's so there's just only so far you can get with with knowing it up here in Mm -hmm. your brain but feeling it in your body and that's and it is so different and there's a reason why you know like for a recent experience that i had was realizing that to go into feeling right like to act to actually go into emotion and and go into you know trauma then there's all there's such a range of trauma right like the big like big t traumas and little t traumas and to go in and 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 experience that and actually find in your body where that is being stored and to release it is is such an experience that you 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 feel different after like your body feels different right so and after and it, it's like this, remember, I love what you said about remembering, because the best description I've I've actually heard of psychedelics, and what gives a lot of people anxiety, I'm jumping around here, but I just had a thought, you know, what gives a lot of people anxiety when they wake up is not being enough, right? Like, or wanting to get these external things that are out, outside of ourselves. And it's kind of what you're talking about before. It's like the billionaire that's classic example, doesn't have anyone to invite on the yacht, wish they prioritize community on the way to mm-hmm. their path. Um... Th- the realization that there is no destination in our external world, right? Like that the journey is, and Ben and Asri talk about this about their book. It, it the there is nowhere to get, and having those experiences where you can go into your trauma, and address it, and deal with it, and it can move through your body, whether it's through like some sort of a purge, yeah. or um, just just the awareness around it can help you have this observer effect in your life where you really can start to be in this dance and, like, learn to love your life more. Yeah. And it's really it's really beautiful, and we've seen so many people have this experience. Yeah. And, you know, you, once you can have kind of the, maybe the shortcut the first time with psychedelics, you can start to piece those things together without needing to have something that's creating neuroplasticity in your brain.
1: Yeah, then re- that's, the, that's the remembrance part of, like, Remembering that this isn't a school. There's nothing you're learning. You're just remembering who you are. And it's right? actually
0: unlayering. It's right? unlearning, like right? It's so
1: that's that's the thing I was gonna say. It's 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 unlearning that which you identified with that is not you. Mm. You know. And we've we we were like, oh no, I need to protect myself, so I'm gonna be this person. I'm gonna be this person. Oh well, I've got to make sure around these type of people, I'm this person. God, it's fucking exhausting. Because at some point, you're like, I'm gonna learn this, and, and that's the power of what a psychedelic experience can do is what happens is very quickly all of the identities and versions of you that you've created through your life are stripped away Hmm. you it's like it's within within a few minutes and you're naked back to who you are and it's the most beautiful feeling because then you remember who you are and who are you it's love everything you feel even if it's dark in that experience you're like oh wow i remember that you still come back to like i'm safe i'm love i'm love i'm love we're all connected We should change the world. Why are we doing this to the world? Why are we doing this to each other? Mm -hmm. Why am I doing this to myself? Why am I doing this in my life? To have a wisdom like that, to have a brain connection, to have that communication is... man. I don't think anything in this world comes close. No, I, I, I I know for a fact, I've never seen any medication or any supplement that comes close. Anything. And practice, maybe meditation, you know, breath work, very powerful. With something like psychedelics, like you said, if there's if there's a fire, an inferno that's happening, which is a state of our world, I want some damn shortcuts for everyone. And so often to, the
0: state of our bodies, and too. The state of our body, you know.
1: It's we're on fire.
0: <laughs> we're quite <laughs> literally on fire. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's so true. And and something also that I think is important to note here is because this, so many people have conversations around, because um, psychedelics are are now shifting, right? Where the people that are Um, have understanding around them they're actually you know they're being kind of glorified and and admired and and valued and revered in a lot of ways which is also amazing but there's also this like other dark side right where um, there's a lot of spiritual bypassing, a lot of pseudo shamanism a lot of um I guess you know the best the best way I've even come to describe it in my own personal life and I've had to like be psychoanalyzing myself in a lot of ways as well like is you know are we This all, it's all love mentality is so beautiful and wonderful. But if it, if it oversteps personal boundaries that are actually the more loving thing, um, that's, that's a super dangerous kind of mix to, to get into. And there's a lot of, you know, I guess I want to call it like prioritization of making sure that like your value system is, is in lock and you're not being swayed by this, like Mm -hmm. it's all love mentality that can be, kind of construed of like, oh, this is coming from psychedelics and this is like this message download that I've had because you see a lot of people enable and like stay in toxic situations, whether it's relationships or work environments because um, they're kind of being manipulated by the allure of this like it's all love mentality from psychedelics Right, right. As well. We can
1: all heal. But what I found is that there is an experience a lot of uh, mirroring. It showed that There's a mirror that comes right to you and it shows you a lot about you. Mm. So it's very easy. It's for sure, like the overwhelming for me in my experiences, the overwhelming theme is we're all connected, it's all love. We right. know that. That's there from the beginning. The work is in the mirror that it's showing me and it's like, if it's all love and we're all connected, why do you do this to yourself? Why do you say this to yourself? Why don't you have a boundary around this? Mm. So it's a very sobering lesson uh, and a v- very vulnerable lesson that's showing me the very things that I'm ignoring. So what I find is that, yeah, like you, that's a tool right there for you to take a, a unwavering responsibility on yourself and accountability on yourself and go, wow, I, I just saw some stuff that I didn't want to see about mm. myself, and th- it's completely right. I do do this. I do show up like this. And now's the time. So I, I, there's, there's power in the personal responsibility part two. Um, but yeah, it's easy to spiritually bypass and be like, I just took psychedelics and it's all love. And I'm and we, a, we spiritually bypass
0: ourselves often. Yeah. Like I have, I had a friend recently talked to me about it. He's like, I didn't realize through meditation and psychedelics, I was accidentally spiritually bypassing myself yeah. for like allowing toxic relationships to stay in my life. For so sure. you just, there's just, and that's why to work with someone who is an expert and can help you integrate things. And, and also just really, if you're looking for people to work with or take advice from, just make sure they feel super embodied to you, around. You know, are they practicing what they preach, and do they feel mm-hmm. humble? Like, or are they doing? You know, you know, psychedelics once and then telling everyone they're a shaman or whatever it is. A lot of um, that, especially here in LA. There's so much of it, and, um, you know, anyway, it's there's there's so much to it, but it's such an exciting time. Yeah. And the more experiences I hear about, and just to to witness transformation amongst. <laughs> ourselves and the people in our community and even i just had an experience with 30 strangers and more of like a ceremonial setting and to witness like the weekend transformation and these people is so profound and so the to... traumas
1: that are released
0: yeah yeah
1: people it's... have so much shit
0: right and it all it all makes sense but i think we're, we're uniquely qualified as this generation to actually process all of these things like it's the reason why we, you know, we have conversation with our parents I, t- I had a conversation with my mom and she was like oh i don't have any trauma and i was like my mind I was like well you had a really intense childhood but I think we're able to actually like, put language around a lot of these things and process them which also something that is important to note and I I have to like check myself on this a lot is the over introspection is super dangerous and like For the sure. the disease of, of seriousness which our friend Blue has talked about like I love she words it like you know the over seriousness in our world is one of the greatest diseases or something along those lines um so to be able to appropriately introspect yourself, yeah. where you're not taking it too far and yeah. creating, you know, we're all actually, in a lot of ways, addicted to our our trauma as well, and it's the reason why you see people mm-hmm. that have been paralyzed for years of their life or the majority of their life. Whenever you they, they experience getting better or they or they don't, ex- they're not attached to that um, illness anymore. They actually decompose and, and self destruct because we're addicted to the things, like yeah. the stories about ourselves. Yeah. Um, So it's all all this dance of, like, appropriate introspection and then, like, the work never ends exactly what you're saying, you know?
1: It'll never end, but it's very easy to be so introspective that you are attracting more reasons to be introspective.
0: Absolutely. And and
1: it's just the energy that you're doing. And it's like, you know what's exhausting to me? Someone who's always doing the work, too. Right. That's exhausting. Like, okay, do the work, but then, like, let's, like, laugh and be goofy together, too. And be like, oh, this is kind of a play and display of objects and this is the play and we're just characters and you know we were able to joy and joy and flow through it too so i want um before we close out if you're comfortable i would love to share uh, for you to share the story about your mom and how what the experience you had with your mom uh was it your mom and dad or just your mom uh, mom dad sister mom dad With yeah. your family yeah and psychedelics
0: yeah um it's it's one of my favorite things to to share and the reason is cuz it paints a really good picture and a good case study of like the, the of just the vitalness and and you can, you cannot overlook how much importance education and research and taking the time to really understand what is happening before you have an experience can play and and, and the process of changing someone's mind even just through education and the example that i want to give along these lines which i thought about recently is This is kind of a stretch, but it comes back to the point. So human sexuality, right, like is is really misunderstood. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, a lot of the ancient philosophers that we derive so much of modern conservative democracy from actually started with, you know, Plato and Aristotle, who were writing 80%, depending on which studies you look at, 80% of their writings came about, um, were written about their sexual relationships with little boys because that's how, Sexuality was in antiquity before the establishment of religion people were um, You know there was no heterosexuality homosexuality and the lack of, of connecting the dots on those two things I think is what has led to a lot of judgment and stereotypes and labels on modern sexuality that has forced people into bubbles and created so much trauma for people that are um, not able to express themselves freely through sexuality and I think if more people were to understand the origin of sexuality and how it came up in antiquity and how humans used to behave and how they're, you know, operating along the same belief systems through people that used to, you know, write 80% of their work about their sexual relationships with same sex. It would be a totally different understanding and the same there's this parallel I think to psychedelics and if more people were to understand the origin, you know, to read the immortality key and understand that modern most modern western religions including Christianity arguably started with psychedelic sacrament it would be a totally different story right or if you know Michael Pollan wrote this book how to change your mind where he details and elevates psychedelics because of his own personal experience and so my mom it's long-winded context of explaining my mom when I was first starting to talk about and get into this space there was like you know so that that classic judgment right of you know she thinks weed was the devil had a bad experience in college and the process of her unlearning and then relearning and changing her mind through education alone prepared her for over a two-year period to have a psychedelic experience. And it was so beautiful because I witnessed the unlearning from just the reading and the podcast and the books and all of these things, which we went on this journey together, and it was so beautiful. And then her actually having an experience... Where you know it was it was like the classic, most beautiful psychedelic psilocybin experience ever. She saw Jesus, he gave her a hug. Mm-hmm. She felt more love and connection she ever has in her life. And I have actually seen so much change in her, and she self-reports this. And every time I talk to her on the phone almost, she's like, I can't believe I would have died never having that experience. Um, that didn't happen overnight. So don't just go give your mom mushrooms <laughs> at all. It's it's like focus on really taking the time and the energy to explain things and In a really elevated way that can then prepare people to have one of these experiences um, if they decide that that's a good path for themselves. And in a similar way, you know, with my with my dad or my family, and it's just been such a beautiful thing because it's it's brought us all closer together and given us like a lens of understanding on each other. And Mm -hmm. you know, every time you do any of these um, medicines. You, you also just, uh, you process so much stuff with your family. Yeah. So she's a really beautiful example of education and, and what can happen if you focus on that.
1: Shout out to Mama Shaper, man. Bravery in every single <laughs> way, man. It's, it's amazing. And you met her.
0: You, Linda and loves you. And I met you. her and
1: Linda loves me, yeah. So, uh, but how many families can can really benefit together from doing it is is just, you, you feel more connected, you understand each other better. I mean, it's it's the thing that you see when you do it in groups, especially when you care about people and you love them. So I love that you did that. Um all right, before we head out, how can we find you? Where do we find you? Uh, all the information if people want to access Ally Shaper. So
0: we're doing four different things right now. So I'm going to list the four different ways you can access us based on what you're most interested in. We have Our functional mushroom marketplace is at Multiverse on Instagram. We'll link it. And then we have our functional mushroom brand, Super Supermush, where we have merch and mouth sprays. And a lot of really fun content. We have some TikToks of the infamous Dr. G. Oh, I
1: had so much fun.
0: A lot lot of good content there. So, if you go to Super Mush on Instagram, you can find all of our stuff and supermush.com as well. Um, And then we have our media arm called Into the Multiverse, where we have our podcast, our dinner series, a lot of like recap videos, psychedelic news legalization as well, or psychedelic legalization news. Um, So, Into the Multiverse on Instagram. And then if you go to microdosingcollective.org, that's our nonprofit. So if you're interested in microdosing, if you are looking to get involved um, in any sort of public policy initiatives, check out microdosingcollective.org. We have a manifesto for people to sign. Um, and so that's the super early stages, but we'll have a lot more stuff coming with that. And then my personal Instagram is Ali Shaper, and I'm really active on, on Instagram.
1: I'm always around,
0: so if anyone wants to reach out, talk to me about
1: mushrooms, mm-hmm. talk to me about psychedelics. Love to chat, and she will chat with you, and she'll be open, and she'll give you all the heart centric answers you'll ever hear. And if you don't find her in any of those, you find her on my stories of us dancing (laughs) at some sort of weird party that we go to, or frolicking in the woods, or getting
0: my phone out of the sewer, or getting
1: your phone out of the sewer, which I helped you out with the other day. So it's true friendship. Thank you, Allie. It's been one hundred and sixty plus shows, and you're finally on. What a blessing. I'm so happy, and thank you so much. Mm,
0: I love you. Thank you so much for having
1: me on. And there you have it, my friend Allie Shaper, always doing what she does, a ball of light. So exciting, so excited to talk about her work. Thank you for joining the show. Hey, if you haven't rated the show on iTunes or wherever you're listening, or subscribed on YouTube or wherever you're listening, or reviewed the show, please take two minutes of your time. It would really, really help the show. Thank you for supporting, us always. We are growing, as always, every year, bringing you all the love and education from the deepest part of my heart. Thank you for supporting the show. I love you all. I'm gonna see you next week, okay?